Hi, thank you for joining us today. I'm here with two medication safety activists to talk about time critical medicines. So Suzanne, Nikki, do you want to introduce yourselves? Hi Emma, yes, I'm Suzanne Cooper. I'm medication safety officer at the Dudley Group and I'm also the principal pharmacist for medicines governance there. Hi there, my name's Nikki Smith. I'm head of medicine safety for the Surrey Heartland system. So first of all, uh, can I ask Suzanne, what do time critical medicines mean to you? And why do you think we haven't quite cracked the issue of missed and delayed doses yet? A big question to start us off there, Emma. I think if I start off with what time critical medicines means to me, it means everything as an MSO. It's a really important safety issue. It means every patient getting every medicine on time. But if we really drill down on 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 what is time critical, we're talking about high risk medicines for high risk risk patients. And I work in an acute hospital, so it would be very easy to say, well, every medicine is, is time critical, but there are specific medicines that we do place more um, emphasis on than others. And um, it means about thinking about the whole patient pathway from when a patient comes into our um, acute hospital, right the way until when they discharge back into um, their, their usual place of residence as well. So it, we don't focus on one particular part of the process. It, and, um, you know, every, every medicine can be time critical in a specific context. I think that's also, it's not just one um, healthcare profession, is it? It's across all of them. It's not the nurse's responsibility, a prescriber's responsibility, your pharmacist. It really is something which, to get the best for our patients, we we all need to be involved. It, it really is multidisciplinary. Definitely. So, time critical medicines can often be seen as a secondary care issue. So, Nikki, you work for the system. Are time critical medicines on your agenda? Yes, absolutely. I mean, there's been a huge focus on secondary care and I can completely understand why. But from our perspective, from a system wide perspective, it's really important to think about how it affects all our services, health and social care. That's the big thing for me. So if I just touch on a few primary care, we have our vulnerable patients coming out of hospital. If we had if we have delayed discharge summaries, for patients who need time critical medication, that's an issue. That that's general practice having to deal with it. Um, then I think of social care. We've got social social services. We've got patients in their own homes. Um, it, it covers all of those as well. I'm thinking of our out of hours service and the impact it has if patients can't get hold of medications. So when I think of time critical medicines and the impact on services, I think of all the services across the system because it's impacting everyone. I think one thing that also Suzanne has done a great piece of work to look at discharge and transfer of information from secondary care to primary care and we've got another recording on that which is really interesting to get that right um first time so it's there ready and that's an electronic solution so it is isn't it we know that in all um interfaces of care is when things can go wrong um and lots of our work is to is to actually look and prevent that from happening and time critical medicines is is no different 
so I think we're all agreed it's definitely a medication safety priority. Now, the MPSA rapid response alert from 2010 advised a critical medicines list. So what do you think? Is there still a place for this for a critical medicine list? What do you think, Suzanne? I think that in certain circumstances, there is clearly going to be a, a need for a list. I think uh, we, we need to have some prioritisation system for the supply of medicines, especially in an acute sy system when you've got patients who are coming in without their regular medicines, and we need to prioritise which ones we're going to supply to the clinical area. Um, for the nursing staff, there definitely is a need to identify which which medicines we deem as time critical and also for our prescribers as well. So there's a particular emphasis on making sure that certain medicines are prescribed in a timely manner. And then at the interface, uh, you know, when patients are discharged, we need to make sure that certain referrals to different services are made. And for example, supply of medicines, making sure that people don't miss doses of certain medicines um, at the point of discharge and, and going back into their own homes as well. So yeah, yes, I know. I know that the original list was very, very comprehensive that was proposed by SPS. Um, and it isn't something that we've, we've addressed locally in the in the same way as was intended in that original patient safety alert but it is definitely something that is a high priority issue for for us as an organization and across the interface as well i think it's um a, the the number of medicines available now you know it's growing all the time and therefore the list grows and i think people have really struggled with do you have a list with the medicines on or do you have classes of medicines and actually where do you put that list? Is it at, it needs to be accessible and people need to know where to find it. Um, I know that a number of organisations have really good um, electronic systems which notify critical medicines, which is really useful because it's at the point where you are prescribing or giving it. Um, and again, how do you keep your list up to date? I know that people have often done investigations into cases and they've added on um you know the actions seem to be put it on the critical meds list add it on the critical meds list it's not reaching the nub of the problem with time critical medicines but we're just ever expanding this list so I do you think there there is a place for it um but we it's not about relying on it anymore Nikki yeah I I agree I think we need to be mindful. We really need to make sure we're taking a patient-centered approach because if a medicine isn't on a list, it could be critical for that individual in those specific circumstances. That being said, if we don't have a list, it's really hard to support if I'm thinking of our non-registered staff who aren't necessarily going to know what's a critical medicine and what isn't a critical medicine. I think Suzanne touched on this the impact the harm how, you know ultimately we're all here we want to reduce that for our patients and when i look at incident reporting and the numbers how do we prioritize what we're focusing on and i think uh, you know some sort of list helps us with those things so i think we're saying aren't we it's part of our toolkit it's yeah. one of the things that we that we need, but it is not the way that we're going to crack time critical medicines, but it's a really important part of our toolkit. So if we think about time critical medicines and the challenges, what 
within your roles what what are the challenges and you know how why why haven't we cracked it and you know can you explain a little bit from your point of view what you think those challenges are do you want me to go first because i've got a really interesting um well, I had a really interesting conversation about time critical medicines yesterday with with one of my acute trusts, and we were looking at trying to identify or, and categorise what a time a time critical medicine kind of incident, as it were. And when we were drilling right down, we ended up with 130 different categories because you can't just categorise and go it's an administration or it's a supply issue. Actually, it's about drilling right down and finding out what has happened and why. So I think when we're managing the um, incidents that happen and the issues that arise around time critical medications and delayed dosing, et cetera, it is quite complex. So that is a challenge for, for us, I think. And also, how do we collect that information? If we were to incident report every single medication that wasn't given at the desired time well all our time would be taken incident reporting and not actually working on the solutions so you know there are different ways to do that we need to collate data we look, need to look at trends but we need to put actions in place so there's some of the challenges i've identified yeah, I think that that data is really important because if you can get to the if your organization is digitally um, forward and you can have live dashboards and things that are just pulling and it's you can look and see trends. That's really, really useful information. But actually, sometimes we're so focused on the numbers. We're not actually doing any action, are we? And we also need to remember, sorry, Suzanne, we also need to remember there are an awful, awful lot of services out there that aren't digital. So if we look at community services, bedded units, um, community services in patients' homes, et cetera, et cetera, none of that's electronic. So actually getting the data is a challenge. Yeah, I agree. I think it's about using your data in a purposeful and meaningful way for, for your care setting, isn't it? And it is a challenge to address time critical medicines because it's affecting every stage of your medicines use process and it's it's affecting patients and anything that's got an impact on patients and multiple services and multiple processes means that you can't introduce a single solution that's going to crack time critical medicines but that doesn't mean that it it's it's too hard and, and therefore we shouldn't do it it's about looking at the quick wins for your setting and working collaboratively with other healthcare professionals and other organisations to implement the solutions that we can implement here and now with the data that we've got, because otherwise you're going to collect so much data and, and it's going to keep on reinforcing the, the same the same things that you found previously. Definitely. How do you um, sort of engage the staff that you in the various um, organizations that you work in you know that's difficult isn't it we've we've said it's a multidisciplinary issue but you know how should we be engaging the other I think, I think the only way to engage is make sure you've got all stakeholders there so that everybody 
has you can see that everybody's got a part to play it takes the pressure off it being a this is a pharmacy issue or this is a nursing issue actually when you look at it and look at all the different reasons why there are issues with time critical medicines you need that whole system and professional approach i would say I couldn't agree more, Nikki. I, I think you, you, you've said, said everything that we need to say, collaboration, MDT approach, and moving across the interface. You've, you've, you've captured that for me. And I think it is, isn't it? This is, it has been in the too difficult box. We are saying to our medication safety activists that are listening, take it out, be brave, take it out of that too difficult box. And it is a little bit at a time, just some quick wins, some other, forward planning, engage your stakeholders. And if we manage to do that, we will make it safer for all of our patients so that, you know, they are getting their time critical medicines on time every time. So thank you so much for joining me today, ladies. I think that was a really good discussion. And, you know, as medication safety activists, I think we've taken out the too difficult box and we just hope that everyone listening decides that they want to too. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you both. Bye. Thank you.